Welcome to Tea Time with Mary. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm a former bikini fitness model turned self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mary's Cup of Tea. I am here with my dear friend, Chelsea Culbertson. Chelsea, hey. Hello. I'm so happy to have you on here because we have been in the same like social media community for a while, but we never like really deeply connected. So I'm excited that our first time on the phone is also on the podcast. Welcome. I know. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Congrats on this new amazing platform of yours. Oh my God. So much fun. I'll tell you why I started it because it relates to the conversation we're going to have. But real quick, I wanted to read your Instagram bio because I feel like they're so telling of social media people. You are all about women's health, happiness, and self-love. You're a mom. How old is your daughter? Your daughter's as old as my sister, right? 11? 11, yeah. 11. And you're also a nurse as well as a creator. So girl, you do a lot. A lot of things. And you also live in Monterey. I'm from um, San Jose. Did you know that? I think we talked about that once. Yes. So we are, you were really close to me. Yeah. I used to go to Monterey to the aquarium all the time. I live like right up the street from the aquarium. Do you guys go there all the time? Like so much that you're sick of it. So we got passes. So the first year or like the first, when we first moved into our house, we got passes. We're like, we're going to go all the time. We're going to take people all the time. And then we really didn't end up going as much as the passes cost. And so now we don't, now it's closed. (laughs) So we can't go right now anyways. But yeah, like I grew up going all the time and we would go all the time. That's like, I love being a tourist in my own city because people are like, do you go to the Grand Canyon and Sedona all the time? And I'm like, no, actually, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like it's quite far. But anyways, welcome to the show. I'm so excited. I want to talk a lot today because this is the conversation we started having in the DMs and right before we started recording about the ins and out of social media and setting healthy boundaries and building a healthy relationship with social media, because whether you're an influencer or not, we all spend so much time on it. Um, hopefully we are consuming things that are valuable and also creating things that are valuable, but I don't know. I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's two in the morning and I'm scrolling and I'm like, I hate myself right now. (laughs) I feel it. I think we all feel it. 100%. It's like, it's a trap. Tell us, about how you got into all of this and just an overview of your journey. So I started my Instagram account back in 2014, 2015-ish, something like that. And it actually started, I had lost a bunch of weight and my page started as a weight loss account, which like if you look at my page now, you probably would never be able to realize that because it's very different now. But that is really how I got started in this whole social media space. I've always loved social media. Like when I was in high school, like I was on MySpace. I was like working those HTML codes. My page was looking (laughs) real good. Like I was in it. Like I had like, I didn't even have a picture of myself and I had like a thousand MySpace friends and people were like, what is, what is with this girl? I was just really into it. And so as soon as I started the Instagram account, I kind of like, I had my personal one and then I had this like fitness one and I just really started building relationships with the other people and like the weight loss and the fitness community. And back then, like your Instagram would just like blow up so easy. Like stories weren't a thing. You didn't have, I don't even know if there were DMs back then and you 
people would just share you on their actual page and you would get thousands of followers. Like yeah. you could gain followers so much easier back then. So my, my page just like grew exponentially. And then over a couple of years, like it just kind of kept growing and growing. I would just post, like I wasn't putting in like too much effort. I ended up going into nursing school and was focused on school. And I was still like really obsessed and like addicted to the gym and like my macro counting and all that kind of stuff. And I ended up just like, I was so hard on myself. I ended up just being like such a miserable person. I was so negative. Like I thought I was a failure at school because I like was getting a B instead of an A or like I didn't do as well on a test as like that person. And I felt like I was feeling myself at the gym and with my food and at home. Like I just felt like I was just failing at everything. I was just like a terrible person. And I was just expressing this to the people around me. And someone just told me one day, they're like, you're, you're just like really negative. Like it's hard to be around. And I was like, whoa as a people pleaser, that was not easy to hear because it's one thing to be mean to myself and to have it affect me, but to realize it's affecting the people around me and making them not want to be around me. That was a big reality check. And that's when I kind of made this realization that I needed to like cut this shit out and figure out what, what is going on and how I can fix this. And to make like a long story short, I really transitioned into more like body confidence, self-love. I tried to be like way more gentle on myself. And I was kind of starting to preach this message on my Instagram before like I even truly believed it. And so that's kind of how my page ended up being what it is today, which is more in the self-confident space. And uh, that's when I, I, my my username used to be Chelsea Gets Fit XO. And that's when I switched to choosing Chelsea. And that's just kind of how it came to be. And that's what it is today. That's amazing. I relate to like every single thing you said. My username used to be Mary Sky Fitness. Oh, those fitness, fitness grams. Porn stars, <laughs> which they all were. I mean, come on. Like everything oh, yeah. out is like borderline porn. Um, well, not every. Some people do it really well. And I really appreciate those people. But those people are few. I also started as a fitness account, obviously, um, when I was competing but it's so funny how everybody has their own like turning point. Like for you, it was somebody saying like, you're a negative person. Um, for me, it was somebody saying, you care a lot about what other people think about you. Mm. And like, once I heard that from somebody else, I was like, oh my God, like that is not what I want to be, let alone be perceived as, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like I don't want people to talk about me that way. Like, oh, there's Mary. She cares a lot about what other people think of her. Yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. So that was like my reality check when I started healing. And it's crazy because some people tell these elaborate stories of like not discrediting their, their stories, but I mean, it, the turning point doesn't necessarily have to be like, I almost died and I went to the hospital and whatever. It could be just like one conversation and that's like, has you shook from the inside out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I find it hard to like exactly share my story with like my gym obsession and like just the unhealthy mindset around food and eating and weight loss because I never really considered myself as like having an eating disorder or 
like being bulimic or anorexic or anything like that. So I always felt like my struggle wasn't justified and like my problem wasn't big enough. And because I was still like overweight at like the smallest I was, I was still considered overweight. And so it was never really something that I felt like could be my space to speak in. So that was something that was kind of had to be something that I became more comfortable with realizing that all of our struggles are justified. And just because you don't fit into a specific box doesn't mean it's not worthy and it's not important. What helped you realize that? Because that's a question I get all the time and something that I definitely struggle with. Like I'm very much attached to my pain and I feel like unless it's a big struggle, it's not worth sharing. Yeah. I think that I just try to really focus on would it help me as a younger version of myself to have heard this? Yeah. Would a younger version of me benefited from that? Would someone in the same position I was in a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, would they benefit from this? That's kind of who I'm speaking to because that's who I relate to because that is who I was. So that's kind of what has helped me turn my mindset around that you know, I might not be speaking to those certain people, but I am speaking to my people and, um, those people need to hear it. And they, they're probably thinking the same thing that I am. And so that, that kind of helped me turn things around. And, you know, we all get imposter syndrome and we all start to feel like, "Mm, I don't know if this is worthy of sharing or like, if like my problem is big enough, but we just, I feel like as soon as I put things into words and I like put things out there, it gives it a little less power and it's like kind of lifts the weight and the people like my community really ends up resonating with it. And as long as I, as long as like one person gets something from it, then it truly is worth it. And even if that one person is me and it usually is me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I started like observing thought leaders just in every single space. Like it didn't matter if it was Barack Obama or Michelle or I don't know, or somebody like an influencer that I follow or somebody whose book I read, like the stories that you read in books, like take any Brene Brown book or something of that nature, right? Like she tells stories that are so so simple. They're about her family and her life with her husband. And the story she told on her TED talk that just like blew up was about how she was nervous to tell the story about like the one she was going to tell in the TED talk. Right. And like, they're just so simple. And I was thinking like, if something that simple, that probably resonates with more people than if you try to like create this struggle. And if you hold back and don't share because you feel like it's not enough, like by like holding back, you're actually hurting more people that you could be helping. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And yes, that is so, so true. That's a really good observation. Yeah. And that's when I started being like, okay, like, I mean, I did a breath work between you and I, even though so many people are going to be listening to this, but I did a breath work session. Have you heard of breath work? Oh yeah. I've heard about it and I'm like dying to do it, but I'm also nervous, but I hear that it is life-changing. It's literally life-changing. I didn't know what I was getting myself into because my friend was like, Hey, uh, this girl's leading it. Just come. I didn't even know what it was, but it was so profound to me because to make a long 
story short, it was not only the breathwork session, but they also did something called hape, which is like this tobacco and they blow it in your nose and you hallucinate for like 10 minutes, but it's nothing like crazy or psychedelic or bad making myself sound like a weirdo here. But it basically, it made me a little bit sick, partly because of what I ate beforehand, which was like an old burrito that was laying in my car. (laughs) And partly because of this whole whole spiritual experience that was like taxing on my body. But long story short, I was sitting there in the bathroom with the woman who facilitated this, who was like indigenous, I think from Peru or something like that. And she's like sitting there with me as I'm like rocking back and forth, like puking my brains out. And I was like, I just don't know what's wrong with me. Like, why is everybody else fine? And I'm so sick and blah, blah, blah. I was like beating myself up for like having this tough physical experience with the, the whole thing, right? And she goes, honey, you attach so much to your pain. You mm. can't heal people from a place of pain. And I was like, oh my God. And I like literally just started bawling my eyes out because I'm like, that is so true. Like I was, oh my God, unless it was this big painful experience, then it can't help anybody. You know, like I was really attached to like started, oh, now we here, you know? Yeah. Until this day, I'm trying to like catch myself on little moments of like where I'm like, oh, I shouldn't share that because I look too happy, you know? I definitely have that conversation. I don't know if you have that conversation. Yeah, no. Where I'm like, uh, I'm like smiling in this picture, but this caption's really serious. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. Like, unless you were like sharing it could, on social media, it could seem as if like, unless you're sh- talking about your struggles all the time, then like no one wants to hear about it. But that's so not true. But I, I, compl- I completely relate to that 100%. And I feel like so many people do too. Yeah, I think that's a really con- common problem. Oh, yeah. And I've noticed it because then I look at other people's stuff and I'm like, okay, are we all just trying to like, you know, like downplay our happiness? Like, is it bad if we share something where I'm like, I'm just, I'm just feeling myself. You know, that's why I love those simple posts that you do where you're like, I just look hot. I just put on this dress. Like, I just love this outfit. That's what I love about you. You give me permission to do stuff like that because for years, I mean, my platform was kind of built from this like struggle. So for years I felt like, okay, well, you know, I can't share stuff like that, but I love your posts. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, it's hard to post those posts because I'm like, damn, like this caption is not inspiring or motivating or like, especially these days, like when we're just stuck inside all day long, I don't know about you, but my creativity has like plummeted. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, I should be creating so much stuff and like have all this to stay to say, like every morning I get on my stories and I'm like, I don't know what the hell to talk about. Like I have nothing to say right now. And I actually, on my stories the other day, I was just like, you know what? I don't have much to say. I'm kind of going a little crazy. Um, And I just kind of had like a hot mess on my stories. And I posted about how I'm like watching all these people like give these inspiring talks on their stories. And then there's me. And I got so many responses from people being like, yours is so much more relatable. Like I would rather watch your hot mess than see someone who has like their shit together, like faking it you know you never know and I think that it's true too where like if you're going through a good time it's hard to share it because you know that there's someone not going through a good time and it's hard for those people to see you go through a good time and so you like are inclined to downplay yourself for the sake of others 
I feel that my creativity is like out the window. I mean, I get these bursts and I try to catch it because <laughs> I'm like, it's going to go away. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I definitely find that it's just so much more relatable. I mean, yesterday I did the same thing. I got on my stories and I'm like, I'm literally talking gibberish. I have nothing to say. Um, but I think that, you know, I remind myself, somebody told me that like your ordinary is other people's extraordinary. So like, even if whoever, like it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter if you're an influencer or not. Like if you just offer words of wisdom or what you're doing or just permission, like a little permission slip of like, whatever, you know, that is so powerful because I think we're all interested in like each other's lives. It's just, yeah. Right. It's connection. Yeah, for sure. What do you love the most love and hate the most about social media? Definitely the connection. Like I have met some of the most incredible, hands down, amazing people that I never would have met without Instagram. Like Mm -hmm. some of the people I talk to the most, I would not have them in my lives if it wasn't for Instagram. Like I wouldn't be talking to you without Instagram. Like I know we're both friends with Jesse, Jesse Dean. Like she's my girl. I love her. Like there's just so many people that I, I just, I can't imagine not having them in my life. And I know that social media has like such this like negative connotation to it. But if you use it for good and you like find your people, it doesn't have to be bad. And so that's definitely like my favorite part. And just like seeing how it's really grown over time from like when we were first getting started, like how it was like, kind of like how TikTok is now, like very weight loss focused and like you... It was just like, how did you lose that weight in that much time? Like, how are you getting a slim waist? And and now it's like, you see bodies of all sizes and you're seeing so much more realness and just kind of seeing how that's evolved over time is really cool to see. And like that fact that what you say on social media has an impact. And the fact that like Victoria's Secret fashion show has basically gotten canceled because of how how much backlash there was because of social media and and like everyone has a voice on there and we all have power on there so that that's really cool to see because it did not used to be like that um i mean there are definitely downsides uh i mean there's always going to be like the hateful comments the the just like mean people that that's always hard to see um it's hard for me to see like other creators talk badly and down to other creators. That's also difficult for me too, which I, I see here and there, which is just really disheartening. And, um, honestly, like it can be really hard when you have a space like ours, people feel really willing to open up to you. And I was telling you this before, just like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. There's just like things I'll get in my DMs that like I just don't have the capacity nor or bandwidth or professional skills to handle and deal with. And and that's really hard. And it can just be really challenging to see those those messages over and over again and just like see how many people are struggling and are coming to you with their struggles and just like feeling kind of powerless to do anything about it. It can really take a lot out of you. Yeah, for sure. I think I I am so honored that people reach out to me in the first place and feel comfortable. Um, yes, 100%. And, 
And if they like ask me a question, then I will answer it, right? Like it's pretty basic, like ask a question and I'll answer it. But there are people that will word vomit to me like 20 pages or like voice messages or like, and it's just, they're so long. It's so lengthy. It's so heavy. What I also don't appreciate is when people's, I told you this, people send me naked pictures that are really true to me because they'll be like, look at me before. And now I've gained so much weight. And like literally girls, because I don't know if it's because I'm a woman too. So they see me as a friend, which again, I'm so honored, but sometimes there's, it's just so hard to like set boundaries because I do Mm want to and I do want to help everybody and I do want to please everybody (laughs) but like by doing that to a certain extent like it comes at the expense of me you know um yeah and it's difficult and your whole platform is about choosing you like choosing Chelsea I think at one point you said a line that really resonated with me which said I'm choosing me and I hope you're choosing you how do you continue to choose yourself while being on social media and make it like a helpful thing and not get into that because I don't know, I go through these waves and I've noticed, and this is so fucked up to admit, but I've noticed that like how my mood is about social media, like influences my mood for like the day and like my real life, if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. It kind of, um, it reminds me of the relationship I used to have with the scale. Like, I would totally base my mood on how I felt with the weight I saw on the scale in the morning. If the weight was down, I'd feel good. If the weight was up or not what I wanted to see, I would be miserable all day. I could wake up feeling great. And then I would see that number on the scale and it would just plummet my mood for the entire day. And social media can really have the same effect, especially when you know your business like I know your business and like my new kind of growing business is like a creator depends on, you know, your reach, your engagement, your followers. And as sad as that can be, those things can affect you. And so, you know, when I see that I, you know, I was unfollowed by like 500 people or my post isn't getting any engagement, I like don't want it to bother me. And like, I know deep down it doesn't fucking matter, but I can still get in my head about it. And like, I could see one message that's upsetting and it could still like ruin my day. And I've tried to, I've gone, I've come very far in regards to it. And I try not to let it get to me as much, but it still can, it still gets to you. And it definitely, definitely can affect my mood for sure. What have you experienced with that? Oh yeah. Like I think the biggest thing I struggle with is like, like you said, it's kind of like our work, right? Yeah. And so like if I'm on social media and I'm in a bad mood and my boyfriend's like, Hey, you okay? Whatever. It's not like, I don't feel like I can just say, Oh, I just had a bad day at work, you know? And then I out and then I'm done. And like my real life starts and I can make dinner and I can watch movies and hang out and do nothing. It feels like I never leave my work. Yeah. So like having to to be really strict with myself, like sometimes I do shit, like let my phone die and just like purposefully not charge my phone just so I can like kind of, and again, it kind of reminds me of how my relationship with food used to be (laughs) like, like I would spray Lysol on my food so I wouldn't eat it like weird disordered stuff like that. But trying to like get myself in the habit of having do not disturb hours and 
yeah, letting my phone die. Like, I don't know, not checking my phone until nine o'clock in the morning. So I wake up, I have time to myself before I go and go outwards. Like my mantra has been energy in before energy out because there's so, there's so much on it and it can be really taxing. And I think it's because so many people don't see it as like a real job. I think yep. that, that kind of invalidation, right? Like when I'm doing something and my mom's like trying to get a hold of me and I'm like, wait, I got to finish this. And she's like, can't you do it later? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I still have deadlines too. And I need to do this now. And it's, it's important, you know? So I think the more I take myself seriously, I guess it's just a reflection, right? Just like with everything. It's yeah. just like a reflection of how you feel on the inside. It just happens on the outside. But the scale analogy, like, wow. Wow. Yeah. So true. So true. I didn't even think about it until like just now, but it's like it's totally spot on. And it's so hard because like it's a job, but it's also entertainment. And like those boundaries are so blurred. Like I will go onto Instagram with a purpose. Like I'm going to respond to my DMs. I'm going to respond to my comments. I'm going to make a post. I'm going to check in with my friends. And then it'll end up like into like scrolling. And then I'm like, I'm not doing what I came here to do. And so it, it can be so hard to like rein yourself back in and really like set that boundary from like, okay, this is like my fun time. First, like, this is me, like, actually doing work. Like, I don't even want to look at my screen time some days because it's just ridiculous. And that part's definitely hard because it's, like, is it social media work time or is it social media, like, hangout time? It's just, it's it's really complicated. I'm, like, creating or consuming. And there's nothing wrong with just, like, yeah, having these limits for yourself. For somebody who's not, like, a creator on social media and they just use social media to connect with their friends and hopefully get inspired and look at all the pretty pictures, which we all do, you know, do you have any tips for like building that healthy relationship? Like, I love what you said about going on Instagram with a purpose. Like, what are you trying to do here? Yeah, I think that is really important. Like what your intention is when you use social media, like, Am I going to go connect with my friends or am I going to look for a picture of a specific thing? Am I going to be engaging with my community? Like, what am I doing here? And I love what you said about not checking your phone until like nine in the morning. I was doing that for a while. I was at least not checking my phone for like 30 to 60 minutes when I wake up. And like now I've gotten like totally like out of whack with everything going on. I'm like not on a normal routine at all. It's so bad. But that is a game changer. Like waking up, it's hard. It's hard like yeah. when your alarm goes off to like not instantly start like checking emails and scrolling and all that stuff. But if I like set a firm, no, I'm not going to do that and just really hold off and do other things until 30 minutes, 60 minutes has passed. That makes a world of difference. So for anyone who like feels like they get into that like incessant kind of like spiral of just like going down the social media rabbit hole, taking that time in the morning first thing to avoid your phone makes such a difference. And I would highly recommend implementing that. And then also same thing goes for before bed, like put your phone away in like at least a half hour, 60 minutes before bed. Yeah, the before bed thing is what I struggle with. I'm writing this down so that way people can have these tips handy dandy. It's so true. 
um, the before bed thing like really gets me because now recently I have been unfortunately spending quite a bit of time on TikTok. <laughs> oh, the TikTok. Yeah, I've been spending more time than I would like on TikTok. Yeah. And it started as like a place to watch funny videos. And it actually like brought my boyfriend and I pretty close together because we both watch funny videos. And you know how TikTok takes you on this emotional roller coaster where one video is like super duper funny and another one's like so relatable and then another one is like so sad and another one is so romantic and then it's all over the place all over the place so because of that and I'm already an emotional roller coaster because I'm just so like such an empath and I just pick up on things and I cry all the time and so TikTok I'll be like crying laughing and then I'm crying crying and I have noticed that it brought my partner and I closer together because like we kind of go on it together. So at first it was like a really positive place. And I was like, wow, there's no pressure here. And people just make home videos. Like it feels like America's funniest home videos. And I love that about it. And then I realized how discriminatory TikTok is um, and how many people were dealing with the same thing, getting my video got taken down for, I literally have no idea what for so many other people I've heard as well. Like, Talk to me about that. What do you feel about TikTok? Yeah. So I started TikTok, I don't know. I opened it maybe like in November or December and I like posted like two videos of my cats. Like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just wanted to like get my username just in case. And then I posted one video, kind of like similar content to Instagram. I'm just like sharing my loose skin and I'm just kind of talking about how like, I'll probably always jiggle and it's fine. And that seemed to do pretty well. And I was like, cool, like here's a new platform that I could use to like share my message. And so I decided to make a video and it was like how to get a bikini body. And I like put on a bikini and I'm like, that's it. You put on a bikini. Now you have a bikini body. And it like was doing so well. Like everyone was really enjoying it. Everyone was really loving it. And then all of a sudden, like the views stopped going up. And I was like, that's weird because it was doing really well. And then I noticed that it said that my post had been deleted because it was deemed inappropriate and not proper content for the community and to not post that kind of stuff to keep our community safe. And I was like, what? It was literally me in a bikini. And so then I kind of heard that like they have stricter guidelines. And like, I was like, well, maybe they just like have a lot of young people on the app. And so like bikinis aren't kosher, like that's not good. And I just kind of was like frustrated. And I was like, okay, well, like I can't really do what I want to do on TikTok. So I'm just kind of going to let it go. And it wasn't until a couple months after that, or like a month after that, that one of my friends posted a video in a bikini and it got deleted. And she started to investigate that they have tons of videos in girls in bikinis, but they are all super thin, super, super thin women. I'm not a thin woman. I have curves. I have body fat. Um, my friend is a curvier girl herself. And then that's when we started to realize like they are taking down videos specifically of curvier, bigger women in bikinis or people without a stereotypically good looking body quotation marks. And that's when I started to get like pissed, honestly. And I was like, that's just not cool at all. And 
then I started to hear about their guidelines about how they are taking down videos of people in like rural areas or people that they feel might get bullied. Um, people that have deformities and stuff like that. And apparently they're just like taking down all these videos of people that really, it's just like, I don't get it. I know that it's a Chinese app. There's different standards. I don't know. I've heard many, many mixed things and it makes me really angry. It makes me really pissed. And so I've kind of battled with like, do I just like peace out and ditch the app and just like kind of let them fill up with all these thin weight loss, 1200 calorie a day videos that I'm seeing? Or do I keep trying to post stuff anyways and hope that people see it and hope that people see that other bodies are okay? And so it's been really, uh, it's been weird. Plus like as a creator, you see a platform and you kind of have to jump on it and I mean, kind of risk like, if I don't partake in this, is that going to damage me and what I'm doing? It, it, I, it's been something I've honestly been conflicted about. I know you have to like, do I support this app? Do I like go on and try to like share my message anyway and hope that it gets across? It's been hard. And so like, I've been kind of like playing with it recently, but again, I like still struggle with it and I don't have a right answer, but I, I know we're in kind of the same boat with that. For sure. I don't have an answer either. It's like on one hand, it reminds me like of a pair like shopping at Lululemon, right? Like it's like on one hand, they're so comfortable and the, I love the fabric and they fit so nice. But on the other hand, like they're pretty discriminatory. They've said some fucked up shit. Like I don't really want to support them, but it's like, okay, well, you know, then other girls will think that they can't wear certain things, you know, because they never see that kind of representation. Representation matters. It makes me wonder also if TikTok is promoting like, because it's a Chinese company and they're promoting like a Chinese beauty standard, you know? Yeah. Um, If that's like part of it, because we know nothing about it because obviously it's not owned here. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I've been conflicted too. I don't know. I kind of, you know, let it go for the past week or so and not made much stuff because I spent six hours making one video and it got taken down. God, it's so frustrating. Yeah. So I was just like, I threw my hands up in the air. I reposted it and it seems to be staying, but I don't know. I'm not counting on it. Not counting on it. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. And yeah, that's the thing. Like representation does matter. And I don't know if it's just like based on the people that I follow, it's showing me this stuff. But like, I am seeing people like promoting body confidence and self-love and like tearing down those diet culture things that people are posting. And like, it is really important for that to be out there too. And I feel like it's better now. I feel like if it really was the standard that they were holding where they were completely discriminatory, a lot of the videos I see wouldn't be there. Um, so I, I'm hopeful that things are changing, but it, it's hard to say. And uh, I, yeah, I don't think either of us have an answer. And I think it's, it's hard because it's still new. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just weird. Is it going to disappear after this whole staying home thing is lifted? Like, are people going to go back to their normal lives? Because right now it blew up because everybody's so bored. (laughs) 
I don't know. I feel like it had already been like blowing up and now like everyone's just kind of like caught up in a sense. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, the body positivity community on the internet was a huge part of my recovery, like such a big part because that's where I found, I found so many people and books to read and ideas and podcasts and like everything that like, it would be a shame if TikTok didn't have that kind of community on it because there are definitely little communities in TikTok. Like I'm starting to pick up on it. Oh yeah, for sure. Crazy algorithms that are really good at determining like what community you're a part of. Mm -hmm. They're incredible. Like, wow. Um, But yeah, so I just would, I don't know. There's so many young girls on there, especially young girls um, that need to see that, you know? Like yeah, because I was literally heartbroken watching some of these videos and reading the comments. Like there was this one girl where like she had like a very normal body, um, normal average size body. And it was basically like her arm before. And she's like, how to get your arms to go from this to this, like a normal arm to like a very, very thin arm. And she's like showing like some band workouts and whatever. And in the comment, it's like, oh my God, how'd you do it? I need to lose so much weight. I need to do this. You look amazing. How like they are buying it. Like these people are selling this ideal and these young impressionable girls are buying it. They're eating it up. They're at their like at their beck and call, just like wondering what they're doing because they are so desperate to do the same because they feel like they have to meet this norm. And like I thought that we were making so much progress. And yeah. To see this new world where it is so still very, very relevant that people are blatantly sharing unhealthy, unrealistic diet tips, it is scary and it is frightening because these girls are eating it up and it hurts my heart. Yeah, I feel like I live in this like body positivity bubble where like I sometimes I forget that diet culture exists. You know, because I just, unless I get like a hate comment or unless I overhear a conversation at a public bathroom, which obviously hasn't happened in a while, like I literally forget that people are still so deep into it because some, like, I don't know, I just feel like our community is so strong. It's so good. The people are so supportive. Like people get it. Even if they're struggling, like they know, at least they know about self-love and that they don't have to be killing their bodies and dieting all the time. And they can intuitively eat and move their body in a way that feels good. Like sometimes I forget about that stuff. So that like, it comes just as much of a shock to me for sure that so many people, it's like, we did all this work. We made all this product progress. And then there's TikTok. Mm, There's TikTok. But you know, I guess like this would be probably happening without TikTok. It's probably happening in corners of Instagram that we're just not in. And I'm kind of glad that my eyes are open to it to realize like we still have so much work to do, which makes me realize like maybe there needs to be more people like us on TikTok that are spreading these messages because hopefully they'll see them. But it's just, it's just, I want it to change so badly, but it's just, it's also exhausting. And like, I don't know about you, but like I get to a place where I just don't want to talk about my body anymore. And like, I don't want to talk about like, my issues with my weight anymore. And like, I can only talk about it every so often. 
because like I'm so much more than that, that it becomes so much a part of our story and who we are and like what we think makes us important and what we think gives us value that it's hard to like talk about other things. And like, I only have the capacity for it so much, but like, I feel so obligated to continue talking about it. I don't know if you have that struggle. My therapist last week said something that messed me up. She said, even though you changed how you talk about your body, it's still about your body. Mm, yep. And I was oh. like, fuck you, Caitlin. Fuck you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, but it really landed to a point where I was like, God damn. And that brings me to like, a big part of why I started this podcast because I started feeling that itch about December, which ironically was right after my TED talk because I realized that there's this whole other world out there where I can be a valuable person and be fully clothed, you know, Um, my message and it can resonate with not just my audience on Instagram, but so many women from so many different walks of life and I can do it while wearing business casual attire, you know? Um, and it comes from using my voice in a different way. Like social media is one way to use your voice. But another thing I found is public speaking and even just like talking to my friends about stuff, because sometimes like, I feel like my social media life is like separate sometimes that my friends don't want to hear it. But in reality, like, you know, they do. Right. Um, But I definitely felt that. So in January is when I started this podcast. And this was like a big move towards, I want to be a voice, not just on social media and not just have it be about my body. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think the the podcast is the perfect platform for that. I love podcasts so much. So I love that you did that. And yeah, I'm really excited for this, um, for it to grow and everything. But can I ask you, and you don't have to share if you don't want to, but when we were talking about TikTok, my little sister's on TikTok. I don't know if your daughter's on TikTok, but sometimes I get really like scared for her. I'm like, what if she's scrolling and she stumbles on something because like, I know she does and I don't want her to feel bad about herself or think she like, I, cause my, a lot of my eating disorder was perpetuated on Tumblr. <laughs> and Pinterest and pro Anna and pro Mia stuff, which is so fucked up that like you said, these little corners of the internet exist. Um, and so I don't want her to see that. But on the other hand, like I don't want to dim her light. And I know she loves making videos on TikTok and she has so much fun with it, especially now because it's something like we tag each other in TikToks. Like it's amazing. Do you let your daughter go on it? And like, what's that like? So she had gotten TikTok like before I even knew what, like t- before anyone I really knew that what, what TikTok was or anyone that was on it. And I think it was close to like when it was, it was basically just like music and videos. And I was like, no, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I wouldn't let her go on it. And now that I've started going on it, like I let her go on, like if I'm with her, and I could kind of like monitor and kind of like overhear like what's being said because it's like so much random stuff. Like you can't control it. Like you can't like filter it. And it's like videos of kids dancing. And then there's videos of like making pizza. And then there's videos of like sexual windowendos. And it's like, you can't like, yeah. it, it's, it's really hard. And like, 
I don't have an answer. And like, I, I get tempted or I'm like, I don't want her looking at this at all. But like, it's also, she wants to like learn a dance or like give me ideas of what to do. Cause she has a better idea of what, what I can do that I can. Cause I don't know what the hell I'm doing on TikTok. And I don't know. It stresses me out. Like honestly, like having a young preteen is just like super stressful and they're so impressionable. And like, it's, I don't have an answer for it. And I like, I kind of just try to like monitor and like be around her when she's on it, but it still stresses me the fuck out. Like it stresses me out because yeah, like I don't know what she's going to see. You, like there's so many random videos on there, which is like weird stuff. I'm just like, God, I just don't like it. It like makes me feel anxious. And it's like, it's one thing being an adult and like, you know, what's bullshit and what's not, but Kids, like, they're so impressionable that yeah. it's it's scary. Yeah, it is. It stresses me out, too. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring up, like, a big stress. I was just wondering if you had... No, no. Like, I no, I totally... It's fine. I'm sure that there's so many other people with the similar thought process, and they're just like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't have an answer, because, like, I don't want to be like, no, you can't look at that completely. But at the same time, it's hard, because, like, if you completely shelter them they're just gonna go and disobey and I I don't know I don't have an answer have you found like a difference in your daughter now I don't know any that much about her because me and you also are very aligned with that like keeping our family a little more private than most people in the space which I love about you it's super refreshing that again you gave me permission to do that because I felt like okay well if I'm gonna do this whole like social media thing then it's like all or nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I share a lot of my sister, but I don't share like my parents. They're not like comfortable being on social media. I don't share my boyfriend. I don't even show his face like or his name or anything. You know, it's like my sister and my dog. (laughs) Yeah. And me. So uh, where was I going with that? Oh, have you like seen a difference in her since you started like your journey started transitioning from weight loss to more so self-acceptance? Like, has she changed or what, what's that been like? She's always been like pretty confident. She is really similar to her dad in the sense of like, they are the type of people that will like forget to eat and then like, just like eat a bunch because like they feel like it and they're like not really worried about their bodies or like food and, um, so that's kind of refreshing. I, it's like such a weird world to navigate in terms of like the conversations about body and food and health around your children. I'm still trying to like figure that out. I try my best now to never say anything negative about myself, never say anything negative about food. Um, but it's like hard because also like my daughter would probably never eat a vegetable if like I didn't say like, okay, like you need to eat some vegetables. So again, it's like having that boundary of like, I want you to be mindful of like nutritious foods, but I don't want you to think like you can't ever have candy. So that part's hard. As for like body stuff, she's always been really confident. I think because she's always had like a lot of abilities within her body. We got her involved in like judo and jujitsu and gymnastics. So she was really able to see what her body is capable of doing. And so seeing that and like instilling that in her, I think has helped so much. Um, And like, I could really tell that she's like confident the way she like speaks about what she can do. 
which is just so nice to see because I was not like that at her age. Um, I think she's really like kind of come into her own. She's always been a little bit more on the shy side, but over the past like six months, nine months or so, like she and my husband, like my husband's really like introverted. He like is like social anxiety to the max. Like if he would be content, just like only being with me and Torrin like ever. And uh, so he does not like being on my social media. So I totally respect that. And it's kind of makes it something that like, it's my thing and it doesn't have to be our thing, which is kind of cool. And to like separate myself and being like, I am my own person too. And I can do my own things. Um, because I've been with my husband since I was 16. So it's like you end up like being enmeshed with that person when you're with them for so long. And I had my daughter when I was 17. So like, we've always been like our own unit. And so kind of stepping out and like doing this social media thing for me has kind of given me my own space to be my own person. And my daughter's always been kind of similar in the sense that she never really wanted to be on my Instagram when like it was much smaller. They kind of didn't really care. But then once they realized like how many other people saw it, they both were like, nah, I'm good. And my daughter just recently has come around to like wanting to be on like participating in posts more and like being in pictures. And like, I only ever post things with her permission. If like, she's okay with me posting that story or if she's okay with me posting that picture or like if she even wants to take a picture together. Um, but like, that's been, it's been weird to navigate and it's kind of been better too because you can easily like fall into this trap of, ooh, my pictures with my daughter perform better. Like I need to post more pictures with my family. And I, it, I don't know. I have like weird thoughts about like how many of those like wonderful family photos you see online or like a mom yelling at her kids, like get in this picture. I need it for Instagram. Like, I don't know. It's, it's hard. We saw something so messed up in Italy in, um, at the, the Vatican. Yeah. The Vatican. And there was this mom, her daughter, clearly a blogger mom. You can just, you know how they just scream blogger, like, oh yeah straight yeah like influencers in the wild um and her daughter was dressed exactly like her so they definitely like planned this whole thing to take pictures in rome at the vatican and she was like yelling at her to like smile and stand like this and pose like that and it was the kid was so she was probably six like cutest little girl but she was so miserable and then the dad was taking these pictures and the dad's not saying anything the mom's like the boss and it just really showed me like this dark side and made me think about that one time I told my little sister to smile (laughs) when she was trying to make a funny face and now I don't tell her to smile anymore like if she's making a funny face and sometimes I'll post it other times I'm like whatever like I'm, I'm not even gonna post it um but I definitely don't want her to ever feel like I'm using her, if that makes sense. It's so tough because it's like, I'm not. I just want to show you the beautiful light that she is and show you a part of my life. And then on the other hand, I don't want her to ever take it the wrong way. Yeah, it's hard. I feel like I went on like a weird tangent there. My thought process is all over the place right now. (laughs) There was so much gold in there, so much about your husband and about how, like what you said about, your daughter and having this balance with her, like, you know, you can be your own person because mom is her own person. Like we lead by example, right? So yeah, yeah, I think 
that is just so, so helpful. You gave me so many insights that I'm thinking about and so many things that I want to change with how I approach social media around my sister, the permission part too. Like I yeah. those things with her permission. So my sister loves being in the spotlight. So I feel like she has like the brightest personality. Like I could, you could tell that she's like all into it. Oh so. yeah. She loves it. So sometimes I feel like, oh, it's implied that she wants me to post this, but like it would create a totally different relationship if I asked her every single time, you know, that would yeah. feel like she's asked and seen and heard and understood, you know, like her needs are being met kind of thing. One thing I was thinking about also, as you were talking, um, is with the, the body image stuff. Cause like I said, my body image struggles came from the internet, like yeah. almost solely for, from the internet being even bullied, like anonymously on the internet by kids in my school, but never knowing. Do you remember Ask FM? No. Oh my God. There's this thing. It was like an, an anonymous forum and people could ask you questions, but they would press anonymous and then just send you hate mail. So like I knew it was God. at my school because they knew like what class I was in or whatever, but I didn't know who. So anyways, it was like solely from the internet. One thing that I've been trying to do with my sister is being like obnoxiously open with her about body stuff and not just like body image stuff, but like periods and sex now that she's learned about it and bodily fluids and like, like obnoxiously open. Like we yell penis in the house and vagina and all these different things just to make her like really comfortable talking about her body in general. So that way, if she does start having any sort of body image struggle or any sort of struggle period, it's like nothing is off limits because you've already like expanded the range of stuff we talk about. Like nothing is hush hush in my family. Like we discuss everything at dinner, everything. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. One time I showed my parents a video on my phone and my, it was my stepdad and my mom. And suddenly I got this notification, like you are fertile today. <laughs> like, you know, on the health thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dad's like, well, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> but like little things like that, like everything's like really open. And I've tried to make it that way, even though sometimes it's, you know, at first they were a little uncomfortable, but now it's like, that's just how Mary is. So that way my sister like can come to me. In case no, I think that's great. And I think that is really important. I tried to be like super open with Torin as well, just like about all that stuff too, because I want her to feel comfortable coming to me. And I try to make it like as like not a big deal as possible. Just be like, this is just like clinical facts. This is what's up. Like instead of making it like, okay, we need to talk about something. Like if you have any questions, I'm, instead of making it to be like this big taboo thing, like that makes them nervous. That makes them anxious. Like if anything, like when that, when I was a child and my mom was like, okay, like let's talk about sex. I'm like, mm, I'm good. Like it makes it like when they come as like this big thing, it's like you just like shrink away and you don't want to talk about it. So I think like the, I don't know, like it's a big deal, but like the less of a big deal you make it and just like more about like facts and what's happening and just like more casual. I think that they're, they're more open. Yeah, which is basically what you do on social media too for all of us and everybody who follows you. It's just like, you know, the use. <laughs> normal. Yeah. Like just make things normal because things are normal. It's just like we've made them not normal for whatever reason. And now we have to like 
undo that damage. Like, fuck, it's hard work. <laughs> yeah. But my, my big moral of the story when it comes to everything we talked about basically yeah. is like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know what the, f- I, I don't know what I'm doing. No one really knows what they're doing. Like, I don't know if what I'm doing is great or not great or like just whatever, but like, we're all just kind of figuring it out. Yeah. And I think that's kind of an even playing field too. Is just like knowing that like no one knows everything. Like we're all just trying to like get by. Yeah. And there's so much beauty in figuring things out publicly so that other people can kind of figure things out with you. You know, yeah. that's, it's just normalizing, right? And permission giving. And it's beautiful. Thank you so much for doing that. Well, thank you. I know you do it too. And I love it. Thank you. Thank you. When I overcome, when I can overcome my overthinking, then I'm like, okay, you know, time to serve. But sometimes like everything we talked about, sometimes it gets to your head and you're like, it's about constantly like going back to like your why, you know, like why are you? So thank you so much for today. Is there anything you want to like last little bit of advice or something you want people to like remember? And then we'll talk about where to find you. Yeah. Just know like you're doing just fine. Take a deep breath. Like whatever you're going through, like you'll get through and it will be okay. And just take it one day at a time. No, no one has their shit together as it, as it looks on the outside. So never. You're all good. You're all good. You're all good. Seriously. Like come spend a day with me and you'll be like, what the fuck, Mary? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Your life. (laughs) (laughs) this is too funny okay where can we find you you're at choosing chelsea on instagram is there anywhere else you hang out a lot yes i'm at choosing chelsea on instagram and now on tiktok so we'll see how that goes um my website is i am choosing chelsea.com because choosing chelsea.com was taken and i'm very very bitter about that i have a youtube i don't use um and I, I haven't officially announced this yet. So um, dropping it here, I'm starting a podcast with my friend Kelsey and that will be launching very shortly. The kind of this quarantine situation has kind of like left us up in the air, but we've already recorded five episodes and um, so hopefully that'll be coming at you soon. So excited about it. The podcast name? Yes. The podcast name is Chelsea and Kelsey, (laughs) the Chelsea and Kelsey podcast. We just like, okay. Like, because we didn't want to put ourselves in a box with our podcast. We like, we really like, she does hair and I'm like on social media and like, we just like want to talk about basically anything and everything. So we're just going to leave it open to that. I mean, that's the same thing with Mary's cup of tea. It's like supposed to be a collection of things I like. Yes, I love that. That, that. Those are my favorite podcasts, honestly. Yeah, same. Because then it's just, you, you get a little bit of everything, you know? Yes, 100%. Okay, well, I am looking forward to that. I can't wait to listen. And I am excited to keep up with you on social media. Your stuff is fire, always, always. With your daughter and without your daughter, like, I'm always liking there, up in there. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show and serving us today. And everybody, if you're listening, take a screenshot of this thing, whatever you're listening to, and tag us both, Mary's Cup of Tea and Choosing Chelsea, so that way we can see that you're enjoying it. And I'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Chelsea. Thank you so much. Bye.